I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Wednesday, July 17, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We had another down day. I know it's a bit of a shocker, but the market was red once again. We have stuff going on. We have stuff to discuss. Let's do a little bit of housekeeping first, and then we'll move on. So right now, as it stands, since the market did pull back from the recent high, and the high was 301.13. What we're going to do is we're going to take the 375 to 301 off the deck. That target is finished. It was achieved. It has been rejected. Even if the market goes back up again, it will be another target higher. So that's done over complete finito. In last night's video, we started discussing my theory about where the market was headed to on the downside at least headed to initially. I didn't necessarily think we would get all the way there in one day, but we got all the way there today. In the after-hours session, the market actually did fill the gap or has at least come very, very close to it. We'll take a look at the after-hours session. It's not going to be complete until they fill the gap during market hours, but it also changes a little bit how we're going to look at the bigger picture. We'll talk about all that stuff and a whole lot more in this episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Big picture. So last night we discussed the fact that we're still above the moving averages. We've discussed this every single day. As long as we remain above the moving averages, the market still remains in an uptrend We also started discussing over the last few days the fact that we're getting extended from home base. Where's home base? The 20-period moving average. Where's the 20-period moving average? Not that far away from current price. was a lot farther away at yesterday's close than it is at today's close. The 20-period moving average is home base for a reason. The market likes to come back and check in at home base. That doesn't mean we can't bust through home base. For all you bears out there, that doesn't mean the market can't have a huge gap down and a huge gap and go on the downside. Anything is possible. We'll talk more about that throughout the video. Let's focus in on where we are now and what the short-term numbers are and the short-term likely scenario is. So today, the majority of the selling came towards the latter part of the trading session. The volume was still rather quiet or rather light. In fact, the pickup in volume from yesterday, the majority or all of the delta between yesterday and today is found in the last 10-minute candle of the day where there was about 5 million shares traded. Is that in and of itself extremely heavy for a specific 10-minute candle? Not necessarily, not so much. You do typically get an increase in volume into the end of the day, similar to the one you get on the front end of the day. It's the bookend volume scenario. Here's an hourly chart. When we look at the hourly chart, you can see that the market was essentially creeping lower. The last couple of hours of the day, 
the creep picked up speed, but essentially the market was creeping, made a little bit of a sideways bear flag pattern for a while, and then we started to break down, heading toward that gap and toward the 100-period moving average. Here's the 24-hour session, so this includes the after-hours data, and you can see that same gap that we had identified at 297.19, the low even in the after-hours session so far happens to be 297.26. So a couple of things. A, they just hit the gap as I'm speaking. Let's see what the low is now. The low is 297.21. So A, they're going to fill the gap. And B, they can certainly go lower. We had some interesting news after the market closed today. Netflix reported earnings. Now, we don't really care about Netflix in and of itself. Unless you own or are short the stock, you care about Netflix. But we all use Netflix. It's a great company. We love the product. And there's your gap on the SPY. But in terms of Netflix, let's go over there for a second. We'll go back to the regular session first because I want to get the dramatization of Netflix. So Netflix closes the day. Let's get the daily chart going. Netflix closes the day at 362.44. Netflix is currently trading down 50 smokes at 315 and change. That's what the hourly chart looks like after the earnings announcement. So this is going to hurt the NASDAQ tomorrow. It's going to hurt other tech stocks. It's not good for sentiment. Certainly Netflix, unless it does an about-face and finds its way headed in the northern direction by the opening bell tomorrow, it's doubtful that Netflix is going to drag the market up to new highs. So this is certainly one on the bear side of the ledger. Let's get back to the S&P. Let's go back to the regular session, eliminate the after-hours data, and let's talk about where we're going in the morning if, in fact, the market continues lower, if we have follow-through into Thursday morning. First off, you have the gap. But then you have the secondary number underneath that we've identified at 296.33. 296.33 is just a number. It's a zone. It's on one or the other side of that. It's a general area where the market is likely to find an assemblance of, at minimum, of intraday support under garden variety market conditions. That's just the way it is. Think about where we are, back to the daily chart. Think about what you're likely to hear in the morning and tonight if you're watching the financial media and you're reading the blogs. When the market is down, the negative sentiment comes out. So the first order of business is to make sure that we recognize, regardless of what's happening tomorrow, Either way, it's important information. I'll explain both sides. So on one hand, we know that we're coming into or close to the 20-day moving average. We have a gap above that. We have other important numbers above that area. So there should be an assemblance of support no matter what's going on in the news cycle. We always want to have the big picture in the back of our minds. So on one hand... The market should find an assemblance of support, but on the other hand, what happens if we wake up to a huge gap down for whatever reason and we're cutting through the 20-period moving average like a hot knife through butter? We're still going to keep this reversal candle in mind. The low is 295.48. 295 is somewhat of a semi-fat round number, and you also have this area where the market 
has a gap here and it gapped up and went. So it gapped higher, came back to test that area once or twice, and then it went higher. So we know that down here is support under normal garden variety market conditions somewhere in that vicinity of 295, maybe slightly below, maybe slightly above, but somewhere in that neighborhood, they're likely to find intraday support before running down to fill the gap, which would be the next order of business. We're taking the market one step at a time in this video because we don't necessarily know or never know how exactly the market's going to open up in the morning. I want to pre-position you. I want you to be pre-prepared or just flat out prepared. Okay, now, now that we're prepared, let's get out of our lane for a second and I want to remind everybody what and why we were harping on for a couple of days specific to inside the numbers members but we can all learn something from this so here's this morning's copy of inside the numbers not going to bore you with the details you can read what you can get on a snapshot of the screen but here's the point not just around lunchtime but also right in the morning we were harping on the same numbers that we were harping on for the last couple of days 3010 in the es 300 in the SPY. Let's go back up to that 1130 update and let's understand what we were discussing. The transports are getting crushed of note. It was really of double note. We'll get to the transports in a little while. The financials are down again of note. 3010 and 300 on the SPY gave way. I'm saying we might get an intraday float for a while, but they gave way. And I'm simply reiterating to inside the numbers, folks, everything we talked about last night. Where are they heading? To the zone discussed last night. Why wasn't there another update in the afternoon? I could have made another update, but what would I have said? Everything that we said was happening is still happening. The target hasn't changed. That's what I would have said, so I didn't make the update. All they're doing was heading for the target. What else did we have today? Let's go down and check out stocks on the move. We had a little bit of a list. Earnings season is here. Stuff is moving in the morning. It's going to get better and better as the days go on. We talked about the fact that when earnings season showed up, we were going to get an increase in volatility. What follows low volatility? Higher volatility. That's the way it works. So out of this list, three stocks hit our targets. We won't spend an inordinate amount of time on these tonight, but we will look at the charts, NSC, CMA, and CSX. All three hit their targets. We'll look at all three charts. What else did we have? Well, you might want to look at the important numbers. We're going to look at the important numbers as we go along, but pay very close attention to, again, 3010, 2998, 2992. This is in the ES. 2982, and that was all we saw through Wednesday's session. So let's go back to the charts. There's 300. We're on a 15 minute chart. I want everybody to understand and see what happened. The market was fighting 300. We talked about it. It was 3010 in the ES. Made one final attempt, and then the market sold off. And from there, essentially put in another bear flag pattern and went down again. That's why that 300 fat round number was so important. It happened to coincide with 3010 in the ES. 
Here's the ES, and here are the numbers that came right off the page from inside the numbers. 3010, 3004, 2998, 2992, and the next one down was 2982, and we're on the pit session, so you don't see that right now. If we switched over to the non-pit session chart, you would see the 2982. But here's the point. These numbers are good. They're not all going to work to the penny or to the tick every single time, but the numbers are right. They're going to be right most of the time. If you couple it together with everything that's taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, it's a recipe for success. Here's a five-minute chart. You can see even 3,004. Here we came too close. So you don't want the trade over here. You don't want what I like to call sloppy seconds because they already made an attempt and they missed. So the next time down, it's not the same trade. But look what happened. 3,004, and just minutes later, you're at a high of 3,007 and a quarter. Now, I know a lot of ES traders out there that would love a quick two or three points. Nothing wrong with two or three points. I like more than that. But there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with two or three points. And by the way, traders that have taken my course know that I try and give you the best of both worlds. I teach you a strategy to where we get the best of both worlds. And sometimes, sometimes, doesn't always work out, but sometimes we end up with a risk-free trade on our hands. Let's move on and get into Camp IWM. Down about 1% today, not all that much, but you can see what's going on. Is the IWM trying to tell us something? Look what's going on here. So here's somewhat of a breakup candle. So the low is 153.94. What's the low today? The low is 153.73, closing above 154. Did they fill the gap? The gap comes in at 153.63. No, they didn't fill the gap. The low was 153.73. They came up 10 cents short. Will they fill the gap? They will likely fill the gap. Is this bull flag pattern that we've been discussing failing? We discussed the fact that it's either going to release the energy in the northern direction or it's going to fail, but that same energy will be released in the southern direction if it fails. So we have to watch very, very closely. This gap is extremely important. If the IWM hits that gap and rockets off it in the northern direction, that's a positive for the bulls. If they dig in and they start hanging around down there, closing hour after hour after hour, and they close the day down there inside that gap, that's not good for the bulls. That's better for the bears. That's the way I look at the market. Doesn't always work out 100% of the time in the way I just described it, but using that information generally proves helpful more than it doesn't. Closing below the 100 period moving average is something, but it's not everything. And here's the reason why. All we've really been doing is running on top of the 100 period moving average for a while. So is the 100 period moving average all that important? And the answer is not so much. It's important to be above all the moving averages for the bulls, but closing one day below the 20 and the 100 period moving average in this case isn't all that important until and unless we begin trading lower. For example, let's say over the next day or two, they came down, filled the gap, hit the 50 period moving average, but ricocheted off of it and went back in the other direction. 
closing back above the moving averages, what would we say? We would say that that's absolutely bullish. So we're not going to mail in the death certificate for the IWM just yet, but we're watching. Remember, there's a lot of important stuff going on on this chart. This is a trend line. We've talked about that a couple of times. It's better seen on the weekly chart. You can see, again, potentially being rejected away from that trend line. What if we close the week below all these moving averages, having been rejected from that trend line again? Again, that would be negative. That would be good for the bears, bad for the bulls. We also have the potential for another lower high. We talk about this all the time. High, lower high, potential lower high. Lower highs are never good for the bulls. They're good for the bears. So there's stuff going on. There's always stuff going on. Remember, the IWM is my favorite market leading indicator, but we have something a little bit better tonight just as a one-off. It's not the VIX, but here is the VIX, and the VIX up at 14 real quick. What do you do when the VIX gets down to 12, 11 in that neighborhood? You buy the VIX. You collect the VIX. You don't know exactly when it's going to spike up or for how long it's going to spike up. What happens if this is the one? What happens if the VIX is 20 bucks in a couple of days? Then you'll be sorry you didn't buy it down at 12. That's the way the VIX works. It runs without you really, really fast. That's why I use the term collect the VIX. I normally don't buy it all at one price. And in this case, and I know I get a lot of questions, I get a lot of emails, what product do I use or what vehicle do I use to trade the VIX? Me personally, I like to trade options on the VIX. I just don't love the VXX and the other leveraged exchange traded products that try and track the VIX. The VIX is tricky enough The VIX is already a derivative of the market. It's a derivative because it's once removed. The VIX is implied volatility of a market. That in and of itself is a derivative. Now, I'm already using options, so I'm using a derivative of a derivative. I'm not in love with that. What are the exchange-traded products? Well, I'm not exactly sure how some of those are constructed. In the case of the VIX, I really don't know how they're constructed. I never took the time to look. But as far as I'm concerned, it's a derivative of a derivative of a derivative because somewhere in there, somewhere along the line, they have to use either futures or options or some kind of structured arrangement, however you want to look at it, to be able to track the VIX. I don't know how they do it. They're a lot smarter than I am. Back in our lane, how do we have to look at the VIX right now? Well, here's how we have to look at it. We have to look at it like this is essentially, this is how I'm looking at it, this is essentially a bear flag. So if this doesn't go down, okay, then it's going to go up and fail. Same thing we just talked about in the other direction in the IWM. It's not exactly the same thing and it's not so clean, but in concept, that's how I'm looking at it. So what I'm really doing is I'm using this high here from the 10th, which comes in at 1469 Any daily close above that, and I think the VIX will be ripe to take off in the northern direction. How about taking a stop down at the transportation department, bring supplies, bring the first aid kit. This is a reversal, and it's fugly. This was the one-off I was talking about. The transports are definitely my favorite canary in the coal mine. They're my second favorite market-leading indicator. But look what happened today. Let's discuss... What we discussed, or let's review, what we discussed over the last couple of days 
with the transports. In fact, just yesterday, I said, I think they're just headed to a destination. We looked at the weekly chart. We saw a very, very important area on the weekly chart that was very similar to what we discussed with the XLF. Well, look what happened today. We were absolutely rejected from that area yesterday, and today was a bloodbath. Here was the weekly chart. This is what we were looking at. We were looking at the breakdown candle high, right about 11,000, a little bit above that, made a run for it once, tried it again here yesterday, and look where we are now into these moving averages. So it's going to be make it or break it this week for the transports. If the week closes poorly, back below these moving averages, that's certainly a failure. That's another lower high. That's everything they advertise it to be. Even on the daily chart, look at this. Here's a breakup candle from the other day. The low is 10,416.36. We even closed below that today. In my humble opinion, the transports were screaming, pounding the table today, trying to tell traders something. 3.5% on the downside is a big day. That's woodshed, three-barrel shotgun, the whole nine yards. And by the way, look at that volume, 95 million shares against an average daily volume of about 44 million. Big volume yesterday, huge volume today. More than 200% more than the average daily volume. Having just been at a recent high yesterday, it's unlikely it's exhaustion volume on the downside. There were sellers in here today, no doubt about it. Here's one of the stocks today from inside the numbers. Now on the hourly chart, it looks a lot worse than it was, We go down to a five-minute chart. You'll see what happened here. Two levels on CSX. The stock actually stopped at the first one. Unfortunately, it made essentially a bear flag pattern and went to the second one below it and then back to it. So you can see how these numbers are important. We don't always get the type of rally we're looking for off the numbers. Not every trade works out picture perfect. That's just the world of trading. We all know that. But there's always another trade around the corner. NSC, Norfolk Southern. CSX was a rail company, part of the transports. Also, Norfolk was getting thrown out with the bathwater today as well. 194.05, first target, rocket ride up a couple of bucks. Nice trade. Comes down, hits the second number, 192.70, spikes through it by a few pennies. Nice rocket ride higher. Another couple of bucks. These were important numbers. These were stocks on the move. That's why they make the list. How about Comerica, CMA? This was also on the list, 67.88. You can see what happened. The stock closed yesterday all the way up around 71.5 or so. The stock comes into the price. This is given out at about 9 o'clock in the morning. Long before that, actually, traders start logging in around 9 o'clock, slightly before 9 o'clock. The numbers are already posted. What else comprises the transports? UPS, UPS down 3.5% today. That's a big deal. FedEx down 3% today. That's a big deal. Will the transports be the canary in the coal mine? We're watching. We pick apart the charts, we look under the hood, and then we do the best job that we can every single day with the information that's in front of us. The Qs also coming down similar to the SPY. These will get hit as long as Netflix is going to also get hit 
in the morning. So Thursday, you should see Netflix down 40 or $50 if things stay the same way they are in the aftermarket session. That's certainly going to wreak havoc on the queues to a degree. You can already see the queues close the day out at 192.20. They're already trading at 191.20 down another dollar as I make this video. The XLF coming in toward home base, toward the 20 period moving average. So technically, is there anything wrong with the XLF? No, not at all. It was down 1%. Not a terrible day. Certainly not the transports. But what happens if we close a week, whether it's this week or another week, back below 2747? That's a recapture. That's good for the bears. That would not be good for the bull case. How about the SMH? The SMH was basically flat today. So the pitcher has been throwing 95 inside high and tight all day long and the SMH doesn't budge, stays right in the box. It's in an uptrend. It's interesting. It's certainly of note. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. And with that, folks, I will pull the ripcord here tonight. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is Common Sense Market Analysis.